Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm the media host for Thrive Today, Natalie Bourne, and I'm the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Our primary goal at Thrive Today is to help you identify the authority of God's word and connect it with your success at work. Well, today we are speaking with Deborah Strickland. Deborah is an author, Bible teacher, professional certified life coach. She is the founder and president of Deborah Strickland Ministries, an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, and she finds some of her greatest joy in challenging, inspiring, and equipping fellow believers to pursue their greater purpose in the kingdom of God. Deborah and her husband, Jeff, have been serving in their home church and their community for over 29 years. Welcome to the podcast, Deborah. Thank you, Natalie. It's so great to be with you today. Thank you for being here. Well, I just loved the article that you wrote in one of our editions of Thrive Today magazine. You actually talk about the importance of resilience, which is a big topic for Thrive Today ladies. So I'd love to just open up talking a little bit about that article and why you personally decided to write on resilience. I think that we encounter, probably as women more so, we encounter so many difficulties in life that cause us to have to stand back up again. And and we've talked a lot in the past about pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but this is about more than that. This is about having a foundation in our lives that we can draw from when those difficulties come, how to tap into that and be able to stand back up again and keep moving forward. Wow. You know, it's interesting when we think about just the word resilience, right? And and just the idea of being buoyant and being able to to kind of get knocked down sometimes pretty hard, but realizing that it's not in the blow, it's in how you rise up again. And so I would love if there's just even a personal experience in your own life where you've been able to say that, you know, hey, here's how I applied resilience and here was the result. Absolutely. There are numerous examples. So I'll, I'll take one of the most recent ones. If, if we were to define resiliency, it would be the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And I think over the last three and a half years, it has been a challenge to me to practice and grow in resilience. About three and a half years ago, we lost my mom um, to endometrial cancer after quite a long battle. And then a year after that, we lost my father-in-law. And within the next year and a half or so, my first three grandbabies were born and they live right here in the area. And so there was just a, there were a whole lot of changes going on in our family, trying to minister to each member of our family. My mom had such great influence on our lives and everyone had their own sense of sadness that they were recovering from, not to mention me. And so it was an interesting time of just finding that place of foundation in Jesus Christ and and his relationship, my relationship with him and being able to draw from that and being able to heal from losing somebody who was so important to us. And also all of the responsibilities that somebody in their 50s is trying to fulfill, taking care of my, my dad who's aging and has lost his mate of 55 years and reaching into my children's lives and comforting them and helping them through the changes in their own lives of becoming parents for the first time and and then building relationships with these small ones, my grandchildren, 
and how beautiful that is. And, and just so many difficult, challenging pieces of relationship. And God has taught me how to just continue to lean into him and draw from the strength of the word of God and my relationship with him. Well, when I think about what you shared, thank you for sharing that, first of all. That's an intense three and a half years. But something I hear in you, I think that's true of all of us as women, is not only are we trying to figure out how to walk ourselves through that, but we're also trying to take care of everybody else. And we can so often slip into that role where we are concerned about how is this person doing and that person. And we find that we may even get down the line and we're not caring for our own needs. We're not caring for our own heart. We're so busy trying to make sure everybody else is okay. And especially when, you know, one parent passes, but the other one's still there. You're Now you're kind of, you step into that role of being like, I need to make sure this other parent is okay. And I just hear all the tension that it takes to have resilience. I hear the tension, these different seasons. And so would you take us a little deeper into how did you care for yourself in that season? And how did you just reconnect with you know, the process that you also had to go through that grieving process. God really challenged me during those years to keep my eyes on him. And he drew me forward and he continued to challenge me to grow in my writing, to keep writing through it all, to express what was in my heart through the writing. And that helped me to heal, actually. And also he encouraged me to keep moving forward with being the CEO of this nonprofit that I run and the ministry and the work that we do in Pakistan. He wanted me to continue to grow in that capacity as well so that I was giving to others in the midst of my own healing. And and God did so much on the inside of me during that time. And it was really important that I didn't just stop, that I didn't keep from moving forward. It's in the moving forward that he healed me. Wow. I want to come back to your work in Pakistan, but I want to ask you one more question, which is, you know, as women are maybe listening to this podcast and thinking, hey, I've either, I'm either in that place right now, or I'm trying to come out of that place. What are some of the things that you feel like prevent people from being resilient? What are some of the things that just stop us from grabbing a hold of resiliency? Like, you know, we have that friend that's stuck right in the thing that happened five years ago or 10 years ago, and they're not moving forward. What do you think stops people? Oh, that's a great question. And it's certainly multifaceted. I'll start answering by giving you an example of a friend about two years ago, unexpectedly took her life, her own life. And it sent us all reeling because none of us saw that coming. All of us who were her friends, people who spent time with her, ministered alongside her, and yet we did not know. And it really caused me to make a a definite appointment to be intentional with each of my closest friends and relationships where I could be face-to-face with them. I could look them in the eyes and make sure that they were okay. So it's about grieving. It's about allowing ourselves to take the time to grieve losses. It's about engaging in community and not pulling back and isolating ourselves, but making sure that we stay in those relationships with one another, that we we grow new relationships, that we allow ourselves to become vulnerable, to be known. Yeah. Wow. That known statement just sits with me as I think about what you shared with your friend. And and I think so often 
that's a two-way street, right? We want to make sure we know others, but we also need to open up and, and make sure we're, we're being known. And I think that is such an important part of resilience because then you have people that can come alongside of you and they can encourage you in the place you're at and then help you to to move forward. And I, I think it's so important to have community around you. That's one of the things we talk about all the time with Thrive is that we don't grow in a silo. We grow in community. We grow by helping one another kind of take that step forward. And so I just I love what you what you shared there. Social media is great, but oftentimes we try to use that to replace relationships in our lives. And even going to church online, if we don't have to do that, if we can be in the church building with other believers, it's so healthy for us to make sure that we're building those relationships and capitalizing on the intentionality of relationships in our lives, not allowing ourselves to pull back. And like you said, to become a silo, but to be woven with other believers, with other relationships. And it creates that strong fabric that keeps us in times of struggle. Well, you know, what's so powerful about what you're saying is I feel like what we acquired in 2020 was fear. And fear prevented us from going out. It prevented us from being in the circles we, we used to be in and not to downplay COVID or the pandemic or any of that. But, you know, the Bible says not to forsake the assembly of, of believers together. Right. And so there are people who have self-isolated since 2020 and they haven't reemerged. And I think that part is so difficult because we're not meant to live this life alone. And, and, and I think that's when we saw the mental health crisis just taken all time, you know, high with people isolating and not, you know, ever receiving a hug in this next season, which we all need that interaction. We all need each other. And so I just love what you're leaning into there because that is part of resilience. It's saying, hey, I may be afraid to take that next step out or take that step back into the community, but I'm going to do it afraid. I'm going to put one foot in the in front of the other and, and do it afraid. Absolutely. And I say one thing about my life and encourage other women to do this is to adventure with God. And that takes trust. And sometimes that adventure leads us back out of isolation into relationships again. Sometimes that adventure leads us halfway around the world. Sometimes that adventure leads us into starting a business. But our willingness to trust in who God is and to step out with him causes us to join into this big adventure called life. Well, yes, and I think personally that you have to be pretty resilient to decide to do work overseas and especially in Pakistan. I'd love to talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done in Pakistan and just how that has just evolved over, over time. Absolutely, I love to talk about this because God is doing such a great work there. About six years ago, I met a pastor through a friend of mine who has an international ministry, and this pastor is, is native to Pakistan. And uh, we were doing a Bible study online, and, and it went so well that he asked, would you come back and do another one? Would you do another one? Would you do a women's conference? And so I started doing this just out of learning something new with God, allowing him to lead me into this new adventure and watching the women be ministered to and changed. And then the pastor started asking me, would you start a school of ministry? 
where you can teach men and women uh, more about how to minister to others. And this is a beautiful opportunity for a country that is 98% Muslim. This is the beauty of the internet, the beauty of online platforms, that we have the ability to reach into the lives of people halfway across the world. And as we were doing the School of Ministry, the pastor began to ask me, would you do a sewing center? Would you start a sewing center? So I rallied around me people who uh, would participate in the ministry, both by giving and by praying. And we started one sewing center, which trained 10 women um, in a six-month period of time, both in sewing skills and in biblical training. And then they graduated and they had learned so much. They were able, we gave them a sewing machine and they were able to start businesses of their own and support their own families. And we're talking about brick kiln villages. So these villages are in places that are remote. They are full of people who are dependent upon making bricks every day and in in and of themselves very poor, not a lot of resources that they have to draw from. And so this empowered the women to be able to start their own businesses and support their families in ways that they had never done before. So today, fast forward a little bit, we have two sewing centers. And then the pastor asked me, how, how would you feel about starting a school for the children? The children in these brick kiln villages literally don't have a school to go to and their parents can't afford to send them outside the village. And it took me about a year to finally say yes to that one because I knew that once we started, it wasn't something we could stop. We needed to stay with these kids and continue to invest in their lives until they were adults. So I finally said yes. And we today we have two schools. We have a school of about 250 students and seven teachers and a principal. And then we just started another school last year and we're in the middle of building a building for them right now. We have about 50 students in that school and two teachers. I am just watching God do this amazing work. And I feel like I just get to be part of it. We just get to be part of it. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I loved, thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that full background about you, but here's, here's what I would say as I listen to that is that, you know, resiliency in you, it matters to other people. And if we're not resilient, we can't impact who we're called to impact. And so just as I hear you telling those stories, I'm like, because you were willing to get back up and because you didn't stay where you were and you didn't stay in, you know, kind of the tragedy of life that can happen to us sometimes because you didn't stay there. Now you're able to impact all these other people's lives across the globe. Some you've met, some you haven't ever met, but you're, you're creating impact for generations to come. It's not just going to impact that child. It impacts their children and their children's children. And so to me, there's a cost when we're not resilient. We miss out on the calling that God has for us because we we're stuck where we are. And it's not to say that that thing didn't hurt or that challenge wasn't a challenge. It absolutely was, and it's valid. But when we start to put one foot in front of the other, we can take that pain and use it for so much more of what God has. And so I just, when I step back and listen to that story, I'm like, that's a story of saying, even even in the wrestling, I heard that wrestling of like, hey, it was a year before I would say yes. And I love the wrestling because that's such a part of all of our stories. Absolutely. I think of a book by John Maxwell called Failing Forward. 
And he takes that idea of, yes, we're all going to experience loss. We're all going to experience failure in some areas of our lives. But to be willing to say, I am not a failure because of that, but I choose to let the failure teach me. And we grow from it and we grow in endurance and we grow in dependency on the Lord as we walk through those things hand in hand with him. And he shows us how to grow in the midst of it. We learn to depend on him more greatly. How has failure for you been something that's pointed you personally towards healing and growth? In ministry, sometimes, particularly as women, we can experience moments of difficulty, either where we are marginalized or put down for some reason, kept from position in some reason, in some ways. And that absolutely happened to me about 10 years ago, just walking through some very harsh things that were said to me directly and about me in ministry and set aside and told, you'll stay there until we decide that you can get back up again. It was devastating in some ways, but I really heard the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart, reminding me, even if that is said about you in this realm, that doesn't mean that you can't serve me in other ways. And so he led me to a homeless ministry here in Nashville that I had the privilege of being part of for about seven years and just giving up myself, what we call under the Jefferson Street Bridge with Candy Christmas's ministry. And then he, he opened that whole door to Pakistan and began launching me in that respect. And you know what happened to me 10 years ago, eventually that has just faded to the background. It doesn't matter anymore. Those people aren't even in position or power anymore. And God has opened doors and allowed me to move forward. It was just a matter of me responding when God said, keep your eyes on me. Stay focused on me in the midst of the difficulty. And he brought me through to the other side. But it almost makes me wonder, as I listen to you talk, if God purposely closed that door so that you would walk through these other open doors. And so sometimes we can focus so much on that closed door that we forget that God's opening other doors as a result of that door closed. And if we'll just turn our attention away from that door that hurt us, that door that harmed us, and start to move towards God's will and God's purpose, other doors will open. I love that story because so many times as women, I think that we are marginalized. We are told that we don't have the right gifts or talents to bring to the table. But as we start to turn away from that closed door, we find that God's opening a th three other doors for that one that closed. And that feels so true in your life and in the, the ministry that you've been able to do as a result of that closed door. Absolutely. And you're, you're right. If I had just focused on the pain and stayed there, I would have sat down in that rejection and would not have stood back up and continued walking forward into all these other things that the Lord has made available. And he has just reminded me over the years that when he spoke to my heart that he wanted me to preach his gospel, there are so many ways to do that. And it isn't just on a platform behind a pulpit, that there are other ways to preach the gospel as well. And he has taught me well in that. And so now I do preach in pulpits. I do minister around the world. I write and through all of my writing, people, you know, see the love of Christ and are experience the word of God. So there are many ways to preach the gospel. 
Well, I'm hoping that we are putting some courage into the women today to leave the comfort zone. Sometimes pain can be a comfort zone. Sometimes rejection can be a comfort zone. To leave that comfort zone and to start to step out into the calling and to stop staring at that door. If that door is closed, it's closed for a reason. So turn your attention to God and ask him, what doors is he trying to open? I think that's such an important lesson we can learn from your story is that just because a door is closed doesn't mean your time is done. Absolutely. When we identify ourselves with our pain, that's what keeps us from moving forward. But when we identify ourselves in the authority of Christ, that's what enables us to move forward despite the pain. What final thoughts would you have for our ladies today as they think about how to build resiliency into their life? Commit yourself to the idea of trusting God so much that you are willing to adventure with him, that you're willing to step out when he says to step out. He is the only one who can be completely in every way trusted. And as he leads us forward, following him is not really a risk. It's a, it's a joyful adventure. I love that. I love leaving our ladies with that final thought. Where can people follow you? How can they connect with you? DeborahStricklandMinistries.com is the website that we have. And on Facebook, my page is Debbie Strickland. And I did that just to keep it personal. And if you'd like to friend me there, then you can watch as my grandchildren grow and all the fun things that we do as a family, as well as ministry. I love Instagram. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. And on Instagram too. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been so powerful and impactful. Thank you so much for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. Well, if you haven't had a chance to step into community, ladies, what are you waiting for? Head over to thrivetoday.com, sign up and receive group coaching plus all of the monthly Thrive Today resources at your fingertips. Ladies, as you live your life, don't forget to do it with leadership, community and strength. We'll see you next time. 